Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. My name is Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors on staff and we are so glad that you're here with us today. As Chris mentioned, we are in our final part of our series, I Still Do. And so for the last several weeks, we've checked out several different aspects of marriage. In the first week, we checked out uh, some of the un... um, some of the things that we do that aren't so great in our marriages or some of the unhealthy expectations that we have in our marriages. So we learned a lot that week. And then the second week, we learned some of God's expectations for marriage. And if we had known some of those things, then we would have probably treated marriage a little bit differently before we got into marriage. And then last week, Trent did an amazing job of really breaking apart uh, Ephesians 5 on the subject of mutual submission. And so what we learned through that is that women desire to have love and men desire to have or to be respected. And so last week was an amazing week. If you miss out on any part of this message series, I highly recommend you to listen to our podcast, especially last week, because it was groundbreaking for a lot of us uh, as we went through that. Now, Trent also mentioned something last week. He said that this week we would do something of kind of an epic first. And so today we are going to have, for the very first time, an interview with Trent and Tammy Shockey. Uh, We're going to try to dig up some dirt on their marriage uh, at this point. So it's going to be a little bit different, but would you please help me to welcome both Trent and Tammy Shockey to the stage? We thought hey. you guys weren't coming. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, you're like taking off. We thought about it. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Yeah. Well, if you are new with us to Epic, um, Trent is our lead pastor here at Epic, and Tammy is his wife. But Tammy also, you may not know this, is over all of Epic Kids in the back. And so her and a bunch of volunteers uh, every week pour into about 150 kids back there. And they do an amazing job of doing that back there. Yeah. Yay. Yay for our volunteers. They're awesome. Yeah, for they sure. Are. So uh, today, guys, thanks so much for uh, doing this interview with us. Absolutely. And so we kind of want to just start a little soft with you. Um, describe to us. You're a little close. <laughs> a little too close? <laughs> this is going to be marital therapy yes. is what it's going to be. I can feel the tension yeah. already. So. No, I, I was just like, well, I'm not used to like, looking at you like You're that. that close. I know. A little scary. So. All right, sorry. Trust me, the first question's easy, so right. I hope. Yeah, we'll see. But, <laughs> So the first question I want to just throw out to you guys is, how did you meet and how long have you been married? Well, we actually met in college uh, back in 1990, um, and we have been married for 21 years. years. Yes, clap at that. (laughs) (laughs) That is. Now, Trent, last week uh, we explored Ephesians 5. You did an amazing job of that, and we really learned what it means uh, for husbands and wives to strongly support each other. And so my question for you, you really made the case last week that mutual submission is what God had in mind for our marriages. And so um, did you always understand that in your own marriage? No. um, I grew up in an environment where if you read Ephesians chapter 5, the very first verse that I ever heard, heard taught out of that section was verse 22 where it says, wives submit to your husbands. I didn't even know verse 21 was in the Bible. Um, So I'd rarely heard verse 21 where it teaches, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. And as you dig in scripture and you start looking at what model that we're supposed to follow, and that model is the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, that model is a model of mutual submission. 
where each learn how to serve and lean towards each other. And so I didn't really understand that as, as we were uh, getting married. And it's not until probably uh, within the past, I don't know, 10 years or so that I really began to understand that mutual submission concept and what that means for our marriages. And, you know, as I look out, I see, you know, some folks that have been married a whole lot longer than we have. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for your marriages because you're a great example to us in what we're doing. Um, and we are by no means experts in marriage in, in the 21 years that we have. We work very hard at our marriage. It, it doesn't come super easy to us. We just work super hard at it. Uh, but I think the key to that is that mutual submission concept taught in the Bible. That's really a great concept on that. Now, Tammy, what does mutual submission kind of look like in a practical terms in your marriage? Um, I, you know, I think for us, it's um, learning to partner together. We, we definitely make, like Trent said, just working hard to partner together, to serve each other, to support each other, you know, no matter what comes up of figuring out, hey, Trent's got this thing going on. How can I help him? How can I serve him? How can I support him in this thing? And he does that to me um, a lot. So I, you know, just learning how to, to team together on everything. That's what I would say, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's an important concept, and that's why I loved last week so much, because in the Ephesians passage, Trent, when you talked about it, you know, we read the aspect that husbands are to love their wives, and wives are to respect their husbands. Why do you think Paul kind of, um, you know, said something different to both men and women? Yeah, I think it's partly because God has wired us differently, and I think he did that on purpose. So he created men in a certain way, then he created women in a certain way, and we're very different if you haven't recognized that, but we are very different, and God said, I want you to learn how to love each other. And so a little bit of what we talked about last week is that secret question that most boys and men are asking is, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to, to be a man? Do I have what it takes to succeed in life? Do I have what it takes to achieve certain things? And for most women, they're asking a relationship-driven question. They're asking, uh, am I lovely? Am I captivating? Am I worth being in a relationship with? Am I worth pursuing? So you know, they're driven by uh, typically relationship questions that they're trying to get answers for. And most guys are trying to get achievement-oriented uh, questions for, or answers for the questions that they are asking. So God has wired us very differently. And yet at the same time, we have some of the same needs. We have some of the same needs of reassurance that we saw last week. Um, we have some of the same needs of emotional connection that we saw last week. Um, but I think, again, why God said something different in that passage was because we are different. And what helps us connect with each other are different things. Now, uh, Tammy, I'm going to start to put Trent kind of on the hot seat here, okay? All right, right. so real here test here. All right, so how does Trent show love to you? Um, you know, he, this is an amazing statement, I think, that he has probably learned to, to say, but it's, it's huge for me. He'll say, how can I help? Like, especially when we're in a tension-type situation, and uh, whether it's you know, work-related or home-related or whatever. And when he says that statement, I feel like it kind of disarms my attack mode, you know, uh, because all of a sudden I'm reminded of that servant-ness um, from each other. And so that's a huge thing. That's how he shows, one way he shows he loves me, just by saying that simple statement. Um, another thing I would say is just when we're in a conversation or we come home and I start talking because I talk, if you know me at all, 
<laughs> and so, <laughs> but when Trent actually, you know, when he puts his phone down and he looks at me and engages with me in a conversation, and not just the blank stare of, yeah, I'm here and I'm checking off my list, but when he's really engaged and, and I know that he's there and he's, um, you know, just engaged, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, and, but that values me, you know, it reassures me that he's in this thing, you know, I'm important to him and that matters to me. And then I would say probably there's one example that comes to my mind that um, is huge to me. A lot of people know I was really, really sick um, probably about eight years ago. Couldn't move very well at all. It was very difficult for me to even take a step into the shower. And um, so Trent, I couldn't reach up to put a towel up over the shower stall and all that. And so um, he began putting it up there. And he, the thing is, I can move and stuff now. I don't have those difficulties anymore, but he still chooses to do that every morning for me. And every time I see that in the morning, it just, even if we had a tense day the day before, when I see that, it's like, I really want to cry because I'm thinking, that was, it's just, you know, it's one of those, again, disarming things of even if there was a tenseness, I'm like, I love him, you know. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Thanks. Awesome. And all it takes is a towel, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a towel. <laughs> Well, Trent, I'll put Tammy on the hot seat here. Um, how does Tammy show you respect? Um, you know, in many ways, and that's something that, you know, when I talk to most guys, that respect thing is difficult to, to figure out and put a, a, a definition to. Um, so we've had to learn together over time what that actually looks like in our relationship. And, and there are several ways that I've found that she does that. And drawing a little bit from what we talked about last week, um, she understands that I've got this internal wiring to provide and an internal drive to work. And, uh, and she also understands in ministry, you know, it's kind of a unique thing for me. You know, most of, of what I do is meetings, counseling, and message prep. Um, so when I'm doing message prep, I need large amounts of time to do that. If I get in a, a decent flow when things are kind of moving well for me, my brain's actually working and, you know, all the brain cells are connected to each other and, you know, things are coming out in, in, a, in a good way. I need that time to do that. I can't turn that on and turn that off uh, in an hour or two. Um, so there's moments where I'll get into a, a spot where like, man, I, I need to work a little longer. And Tammy is so gracious uh, to me in that. And, you know, I, I don't come home as, as on time as I should. Um, and when I come home a little bit later from a, a meeting or message prep or something, Tammy is very gracious to me about that and understands that, that what I'm doing. Um, another way that she does that is she cheers me on in a, my role here at Epic. Uh, she's one of my greatest cheerleaders, um, and I need that. You know, when we started Epic, I told her, you know, I'm just going to need your verbal support on a regular basis um, in, in doing what I do. So, I, you know, I've never led a church before in this position. Uh, so she, she cheers me on and she speaks into that question that I'm asking, do I have what it takes? And I ask that on a regular basis. I, I ask that all the time. Do I have what it takes to lead our church family? Uh, and the real answer is no, only God can do that. Um, but God has placed me here in this spot. And so Tammy helps to answer that question for me and does that in a great way. Another way that she, she does that is she leads at a high level. So I feel so supported by her when she leads in our children's ministry. Um, she's an amazing uh, leader on, in so many respects. Um, amazing teacher, amazing communicator. And she is leading, as you heard Tim say, like 150 kids 
kids on Sunday morning, which is amazing. I mean, that's a church in, in and of itself. And she's got an amazing group of volunteers that team with her for that. Um, but I love when, when I know she's fully engaged and she's leading at a high level with me. Um, and, you know, just keep this last part uh, PG. We talked about it last week. We didn't give a disclaimer this week. But she understands what intimacy means to me. She understands that it opens a door for an emotional connection. Um, and so in that understanding, we, we lean towards each other in that. That's awesome. Now, I love what you did. You started going into kind of, you know, what you do during ministry and everything, because I think everybody thinks that pastors just kind of play golf and do one message a week Absolutely. or something like that's that. It. It's that's it. That's pretty easy. You got it. You know, that's it's, why I signed up. It's a wonderful yeah. career. I mean, <laughs> it's right. it yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. So is it easy, Tammy? Absolutely. No, <laughs> no I, I would honestly say it's probably one of the hardest things. You know, you can't even fathom it until you're in it, really. Um, so it doesn't come... It, it, it's not easy, put it that way. And it takes a lot of hard work on our part. Um, you know, I know people think that our marriage even comes easy um, because we're in ministry or whatever, and it just doesn't. It, so we really have to, to work hard. There's a lot of things we've learned along the way, even the things that we just shared. I wouldn't say we were just like that when we got married. I mean, it's taken years to understand those things about ourselves and about each other to be able to get to that place. So overcoming a lot of hardship and you know, being purposeful about we're working on this thing. We're doing this thing, you know? Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A lot of hard work. Yeah, and there's a, a tension there in our relationship. So there are moments that we are husband and wife. And then there are other moments where ministry leaders together. And sometimes we drag marriage into ministry with each other. Sometimes we drag uh, ministry into our marriage. And so um, that is a, a always changing role that we have with each other. And so it adds a, a, an interesting yeah, fun. Dy- dynamic <laughs> for us at times. Yes. Well, that's the dynamic that we want to start to explore, you know, a little bit of the tensions there, the bumps in the road and stuff. So are there times that you don't get this mutual submission, this love and respect thing right? There are many times. There are many times that we just, we just don't get it right. We don't um, play this out the way that we taught last week of Ephesians 5. We don't play it out the way that God wants us to. And then um, what are some of those, if there are the bumps in the road, which there are, you know, we all have those in our relationships. Um, what are some of the causes of that relational breakdown that you both experience? Uh, one of them for me is I'm a very prideful person. And so that's just a huge thing for me. Um, uh, I like to be right. And uh, Tammy tells me often I'm not. I'm not sure why she says that. Uh, so, so pride is a big deal for me. Um, we, when we have a breakdown in, in communication, I mean, that can come from anything, just busyness of life. We both get into super busy seasons of life. And then I'm not caring as much about those things that, that are meaningful to her. And she said, I put the towel up every day. I don't put the towel up every day. There are some days I don't want to put the towel up. And but I don't put the towel do it, up. Do it there are some it. days I put it up anyway because <laughs> I need to put it up. Um, but there are some days I don't put the towel up. Um, and then uh, with just exhaustion of life, um, we've got four kids. So, so keeping up with four kids' schedules can just be exhausting. And so there's moments we just come home and I'm just tired. And I don't feel like listening. I don't feel like reassuring you. I don't feel like you know, talking to you the way, way that I should just because I'm tired. Yeah, and I, I would just add to that, you know, pride for sure for both of us. So, um, and then, you know, when I don't assume the best uh, about Trent and, I, and, and then the busyness and the exhaustion, it, get, it just gets you self-focused and whether it takes you back to 
old patterns, old habits, old thinking, baggage, you know, whatever. A lot of times when you get in those modes, that's where you go because that's the habit. So, um, yeah, so all those things add to the breakdown. Yeah, definitely. Well, if we could have like a Facebook moment to post because pastors don't often get to share this kind of stuff, um, what would your fights or kind of your arguments look like in your marriage? Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, what it looks like for us is um, I carry around in me a certain level of intensity. I'm a pretty intense guy, uh, pretty, uh, you know, two parts of my personality. I'm a very easygoing guy. Um, at the same time, at home, my family sees kind of the raw me, and I have an intense personality, and so I can come off um, very uh, demanding and ordering and commanding of things that need to be done. I walk through the house, see things that need to be done, and I start barking, you know, do this and do that, and you, you know, stop doing what you're doing, but do this now because I want you to. Um, and uh, so I can get real intense, and when Tammy and I butt heads, um, I found that nobody can push my buttons like my wonderful wife, and nobody can push her buttons like me, and you know, we can do that non-verbally, just you know, the roll of the eyes, just an inflection of the voice. I mean, there's beautiful ways that we can do that with each other. Um, so when that happens, we start button heads. I get intense. I get um, very aggressive with her verbally, and, um, and then at some point, like if, if I'm trying to resolve this and I think I'm right and she's wrong, she's not listening, I just shut down. Like I, I'm done talking, I'm a grudge holder and I'm a punisher and I punish through silence. And so when I shut down, I go, I don't wanna talk to you. I don't wanna talk to you for an hour. I don't wanna talk to you for two hours. I may not even wanna talk to you for two days. And so I'm gonna give you the cold shoulder. And when we go to bed, guess which way I'm going to be looking? <laughs> Towards the other wall. Because I want you to know that I'm angry at you. And pouting. We, and pouting. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not you can say that. That's a good word, too. I'm kidding. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I get hurtful. I, I get, when sometimes when that stuff's going on, I'm just like, okay. You know, and you just kind of walk away, shut down kind of thing. But, um, you know, I can use... Cutting words or my sarcasm can have teeth in it sometimes, and I know it, and that's my way of kind of sending in those jabs, especially when that intensity is going on. <laughs> Tim, you've probably seen it firsthand sometimes. No, never. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're, Trent's not alone in that. I, I definitely um, do those things, but it, it's, I used to want to, let's get this taken care of now, 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 come on, and then when he would go another direction, it was, you know, very frustrating for me, but... Um, yeah, I think we, we're, we're very much alike in some of the ways that we we're do that, similar. right? We're similar in that. We both have a, a certain measure of intensity. We both come at each other yeah. first, kind of butt heads, butt heads, butt heads. It doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden, we both just kind of shut down yeah. and, and then head away. separate directions. Yeah. So if you both uh, kind of do that in terms of kind of shut down, go your separate ways. So after a conflict, like how do you guys kind of re-engage from the silence? I mean, who kind of comes back how do you break that silence? Um, it's called swallowing pride. Um, it's super hard to do. Um, you know, as we looked last week, as I talked about, um, you see in Ephesians 5, God sees the husbands as the spiritual leader of the home. And so what I hear God speaking to me about constantly is, Trent, you have to go first. It's your responsibility. And I say, but she's wrong and I'm right. And God says, no, right now you're wrong. And you need to go talk to her. Well, I don't want to. Well, you need to. And then he reminds me of Galatians 2.20, which says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And so I got to say, 
You know, if that's really true, and that's what I want, but that's not what I always live, uh, if that's really true, I've got to swallow my pride. I've got to go to her and I've got to ask for forgiveness and apologize and say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And we need to hit that reset button and we need to start over again. Would you start over again with me in this conversation? So it's, it's a difficult thing because there's moments I just don't want to swallow my pride. Um, but God always wants me to go first, but I don't always. Yeah. Not that you don't always, but yeah. Now, and I, you know, just to add to that, I, for me, I definitely have to, because um, sometimes when I'm in the frustration, I, I need to get away. So my closet has become sometimes my space, but um, just to get away, you know, to let those emotions kind of settle. And sometimes I pray, sometimes I cry, whatever needs to be my outlet, I think, in those moments. But to know that after that's done, when, you know, asking God, give me the strength to do what I don't want to do, what I don't feel like doing. I don't even know if I can do it in this moment. And kind of realigning my um, perspective, you know, with one I've made a covenant with this guy, and so it's, it's a big deal. And reminding myself of what, what does 1 Corinthians 13 say about love? And it's almost going against everything I'm feeling. And I'm a big feeler, if you know me. So it's going against those feelings that I have a lot of times and just choosing the, the covenant, you know, and choosing to love him no matter what. What does that look like, you know? It, it means dying to myself right now, even though I don't feel like it. And then when I cross that boundary of... Um, my feelings, so to speak, it, it's amazing what, what can happen. Um, and sometimes it is taking that first step to do it, even if I don't want to. So, Yeah, sometimes it is putting the towel up when you don't want to put the towel up. <laughs> well, it's interesting, Tim, you bring up that uh, you know, kind of covenant thing, you know, getting into the marriage. God says, hey, you know, analyze these things. One thing I find that's always interesting when I, you know, work with couples and stuff, um, I always ask them, hey, do you guys have any rules, like, do you, when you're fighting? And um, so what I want to ask you guys is, do you have rules to your fights? Um, and if so, what, what are they? We do. Um, some of our rules are no yelling, no name calling, no throwing stuff, no punching walls. You know, those are general things, but, you know, I mean, they're good for everybody to have. Uh, seek to understand, really listen to each other. Don't bring up the past. Don't, don't assume the worst about each other. Assume the best. I mean, we are in this covenant agreement with each other. We love each other. So assume the best uh, out of each other. Um, we also uh, lean towards uh, accountability uh, with other couples. So if there's a moment that we're just not getting through, we're not resolving issues, we'll invite another couple in and we'll tell them our story and say, hey, this is it. This is the ugly parts of who we are. Would you please speak truth to us and, and point us in a direction? And it's and hard. It's yeah. very difficult, yeah. Now, do you guys ever break your rules? Never. all the time (laughs) all the time well you know I'd say some of the rules are never broken and that's you know the name calling and the any abuse of any kind that's never um, a part of our argument or fight or anything like that so those things are always you know that's a non-negotiable kind of thing that that's um, but then the other things yeah we just, that's, again, going back to that working hard to remind ourselves, what are the rules? Oh, got to play by these rules. So, yeah. Awesome. Now, um, the last message series, we kind of focused on this one concept. Paul writes this powerful concept. Uh, he says um, that we should not let go or not let the sun go down on our anger. So what does that mean in your marriage? How do you handle that in your marriage? 
Um, you know, sometimes we do well at that and sometimes we don't. I mean, that biblical principle is, I mean, if you're angry, don't, don't let the sun go down in, in a day and then you're just dragging that on into the future. I mean, deal with it quickly. And that's a wonderful principle I think that we should all apply. Um, we don't always apply it. There are moments that I go to bed angry and I wake up the next morning angry. And what happens for me, being that punisher and that, that grudge holder, is if you can imagine overcooking something on the grill, that's me. So I put the issue of our, that we're fighting over on the grill and I just cook it and cook it and cook it and cook it. And I like, I burn it to a crisp. And it's, it's just like horrible at that point because I'm still fuming and mad and angry and I just want to keep cooking this thing. Um, but the biblical principle is keep short accounts with your anger and with your spouse. So that means if you've got something that's bothering you, go to them quickly and talk to them about that and deal with it right away. Don't let it build. Don't let it become something that you overcook. And uh, there are moments that we do very well at that, and there are other moments that, that we don't. And I bet it's interesting when you bring all of a sudden four kids into this relationship. So Tammy, um, how do you handle conflict in front of your kids? How do you handle conflict? Do you, you know, take those conflicts away? What's your approach when you got four kids that you guys are responsible for? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we've done in our family is we, we always have a constant open dialogue about whatever uh, is happening. And so if Trent and I ever find ourselves in a disagreement at dinner table with everybody there or somewhere where all the kids are there, um, you know, we, we, we go through our disagreement, but we always come back with the kids and talk through that. Like, okay, you saw us disagree. What... You know, sometimes we ask them, how does, what are you thinking about that? How, do you, how are you feeling about that? And we talk through it, and then we explain to them, you know, sometimes we're not always going to agree, and we point it back to them. You guys don't always agree. It doesn't mean we don't love each other. It doesn't mean you guys don't love each other. It doesn't mean when we have conflict with you, you know, that we still love each other. We still are for each other, and we have to remind ourselves of that. And so, you know, we remind them, I love Dad. Uh, he loves me, and we're committed to this thing, and um, because they need to be reminded of that, you know. So, um, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, um, I want our kids to see how to resolve conflict, and they're not going to see that if Tammy and I go behind closed doors and have our conflict out there. Now, I also don't want them to see the negative stuff, so you know, I, we don't need to be interacting in front of them in a negative way. Um, but when we do have those disagreements, we try to work through those things, apologize to each other. I want my kids to see that. I want them to see me apologizing to Tammy. I apologize to my kids. Uh, last night at, at our movie thing, I got intense with one of my kids and crushed her spirit and had to come back to her and say, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me for that? And so that's just a, a natural thing that I want my kids to know from me. I mess up. Uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, but when I mess up, I'm going to do everything I can to fix it and to make it right. Um, and so that's what we want our kids to see from us is the, the fixing it and building, building a stronger yeah. relationship. Yeah. For their future. Yeah, really. absolutely. Right. So, right. Yeah. To know that nobody's perfect. And even when they go into a marriage someday that though they may be in love with that person, that person's not perfect, you know, and that, yeah, they need to learn those tools. You know, I, I love what you guys have touched upon, you know, I mean, the transparency that you've been with us in terms of your answers and everything. And I think, you know, as we kind of look at some of these final questions that I have for you, you know, wh why would you want us to know about the weaknesses of your marriage? 
Um, I just want you guys to know we're not perfect. Um, we're two imperfect people, and we're working very hard at our relationship. Um, something we said in this series is that uh, great marriages aren't found, they are built. And we are working very hard to build a, a great marriage. And uh, it takes a lot of hard work to do that. And sometimes people have the perception of uh, when they see a pastor or a pastor's family, oh, it just must be easy for you guys. It's not. So some of the same struggles that you have in your marriage, we have in our marriage. Some of the same struggles I have as a man, uh, you have as a man, I have as a man. You have as a woman, Tammy has as a woman. Um, So uh, we're not perfect people. And we don't ever want to put on an image that we are. Uh, we, we try very hard to communicate from this stage that we're not perfect, but we're serving a perfect God who loves us and who's very gracious to us. So, cool. Now, Tammy, I'm going to give you the last question. Okay, so, yeah. last word. <laughs> Why do you think God cares so much about our marriage? So if you're telling our crowd here, what is it that represents God's heartbeat for our marriages? You know, I think it goes back to um, Ephesians 5.32. That's so huge about our marriage, really. It represents God to the world. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's heavy. That's huge. So I would say that. Anything you want to add to that? No, that, that, that? You, you, I mean, it just... That's perfect. You know, as people look at our marriages, they should see God. And it's not that we're perfect. It's that uh, we make things right. When we mess up, we make things right. That's what God wants for us. And so, you know, when people in our neighborhood, people at work, people at school, wherever, they're, they're looking for God in our relationship. If we claim to be Christ followers, they're looking for, for glimpses of God. And God says, listen, you represent me to the world. And again, that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect because we're not going to be perfect. It just means we fix what we damage and, and we work hard to build the stuff that represents God well. Yeah, I think when we realize we don't have to be perfect, God doesn't expect us to be perfect because you know it's through our weakness that he makes us stronger. And um, yeah, so just re- we've learned probably the most through our life and through our marriage, through people that were real, you know, and I guess brave enough and courageous enough to be real and honest. And, and it takes that pressure off of, oh my gosh, yeah, we're never going to reach perfection, but it's that, that commitment. It's just coming back to that commitment um, to each other and then to God. Yeah. Well, before we uh, conclude, guys, I just want to thank you guys so much for being transparent in front of us. And would you guys just help me thank them for what they've said today? So, cool. Cool. Now, Trent, you've got um, a music video that you want us to see in a second here. And why do you want us to see that? Um, It's a great music video. It's by Casting Crowns. It's called Broken Together. And one of our programming team members discovered this and and brought it to my attention. I think it captures very well uh, what we're all trying to to accomplish if you're married. Uh, The idea is, hey, we're broken, and we're not going to be complete. You know, Tammy doesn't just make me complete. Who makes me complete is Christ. Um, who makes Tammy complete is Christ. But in our relationship, um, we're, there's always going to be a measure of brokenness. But the beauty of that, and, and I think the mystery that Paul's talking about in Ephesians 5, is there's this mysterious thing of brokenness, and yet it's so beautiful, and it can represent Christ to the world. And maybe in that brokenness, we can discover something together that we couldn't discover apart. Um, and so take a look at this video and see how it doesn't apply possibly to your relationship that you're in. 
Man, those are some powerful words. And so today we just want to send you out, send you out in your marriages strong. And so Tammy, would you just pray for all these couples, all of their marriages, all of those desiring to get into a marriage and even our future children um, who want to get in marriage. So would you close us out? Sure. God, I just thank you so much for who you are and for loving us so much. Um, you'd do anything for us. You sent your son to die for us. And just so grateful for that. So this morning, we just want to lift up all these marriages that are here that represent you to the world. Lord, some of them are very broken right now. They're looking for answers. Some of them may be ready to bail, but I pray that you and your strength and might will give them a sliver of hope this morning, um, something to bring them back to your truth, give them the tools on how to um, just walk this path together towards you. And Lord, I pray for healthy marriages. I pray that they'll begin to even become richer and they'll uh, fall deeper in love with each other than they ever have been. Show us what to do and how to do those things, Lord. You have promised to give us um, the answers and you, you have in your word. And I, Lord, I'm so grateful when I think of Trenton, my uh, marriage, that you've allowed us to be surrounded with people that um, helped us and gave us the right tools and, and just the right way to do this thing. So I pray for the marriages here, God, that you will just be glorified through all of them. And I pray for um, just healing. And I pray for children that are coming, our children and the children that are represented here and in Epic Kids, God, that you will just grow them into um, strong believers. And when they go into that union, that they will want and desire and work, do the hard work that it takes to um, invest in a marriage and in a family and, and just see the rewards that you can bring when we choose to do that. And it is a choice. So God, help us to choose you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much again. So we appreciate it. Thank you guys for being here today. Um, don't forget, if you still want to check out uh, Weekend to Remember, uh, that is this weekend coming up. And so you can still register for that. So see Chris next to the tech booth. He's got information. We've got a discount for you if you're still interested in registering for that. And then next week, don't forget uh, to invite your friends out for our new series, Outcast. It is a great series to really show the heartbeat of who God is. So thank you guys so much for being here and have a great day. So good morning, everybody. My name is Chris Seppi. For those of you that don't know me, I've got just a couple of announcements before we continue with our service today. First of all, if you're new, welcome. We're excited to have you with us. I invite you to uh, check out our Connection Center on the way out, which is right around the curtain over there. We'd just like to get to meet you personally and be available to answer any questions that you might have for us. So last night, we had our drive-in theater for the kids, and that's where we had a bunch of boxes, and in fact, in the back over there, you'll see our ticket booth, and there's still a couple of uh, decorated uh, cardboard boxes over there. We were supposed to um, use our imaginations, and let me tell you what, over 100 kids and parents attended here last night. This room was jam-packed, and I saw everything from uh, the mystery machine to a four-wheel drive Jeep to a rocket ship to a Batmobile to a shocky taco truck, and then, and then there was this fire engine. And it was equipped with gauges and gadgets and all sorts of stuff. And as the judges, I think you can see it in the picture over there, it was up front. So then the judges go over to this fire truck and the Robbins family is standing around it all proud. And they said, it even comes equipped with a siren. I said, come on, this is over the top. Are you serious? So the judges said, really? And then little Grayson stands up with his fire hat and goes, woo, 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 woo. So I think that won over the judges because the Robbins family won the contest and they deserved it. So congratulations to them. 
But you know what? Epic provided uh, popcorn and candy and soda and water and all these materials. I think they raided Michael's because there were so many materials here to decorate this stuff with. And that was because of you. That was because of your generous donations. Those of you that, that chose to provide or to donate a portion of your finances back to Epic, we were able to provide this evening for our kids and, and, and their families to come on a Saturday night and have something to do. So thank you for that. And if you're, if you're somebody who's thinking, you know what, I want to take that leap of faith. I want to give a portion of my finances back to Epic. Well, there's two ways that you can do that. You can visit our website, theepicchurch.com, and there's a giving tab. And you can donate electronically. Or at the end of our seating sections, we have some boxes set up over there. You can utilize those as well. So next week, we're going to start a new series. It's called Outcast. And this is a series that you're going to want to invite your friends to. Throughout the year, we say that. But these are the friends that may be not too sure about church, not too sure about the God thing, not too sure about, maybe they had a bad experience or something. This is the series you're going to want to invite them to. There's going to be a lot of great lessons, um, just, just really, really good for them to come to. We're going to look at uh, understanding the heart of our God. So I encourage you, if you're going to invite somebody throughout the year, this next series is the one you want to bring them to. But today, we're going to wrap up our I Still Do Marriage series. So go ahead and sit back. Relax and check out this video.